0: Kristen, have you ever thought about the afterlife? And if so, what would you want it to look like?
1: Oh, what would I want it to look like? You know, there was this movie many, many years ago, I think like 15 years ago from Japan called Afterlife.
0: I don't remember that one.
1: And in the movie, there is a staff of people when you die and they interview you and they find out the one perfect moment in your life. After lots of interviews with you, you decide what that moment is, and they send you back to that moment, and that's what your eternity becomes is that one perfect moment from your life. Oh wow, isn't that crazy?
0: I can't tell if that makes me happy or sad
1: and you never get tired of it, and it's just the perfect bliss of that moment, and that's it Wow, but Refer, what about you? What would you like your perfect afterlife to be? I don't know it's hard to say
0: maybe i would maybe I want it to look like the the resurrection room in two thousand one. <laughs> Throw cushions at a floating fetus. <laughs> no, I don't know. But, you know, we've got two films that give us uh, examples, let's say, of what the afterlife might look like. One is Transcendence, the new release with Johnny Depp. He plays an artificial intelligence expert who becomes a computer. It's an afterlife of sorts. Uh, the other movie, slightly more traditional, called Heaven is for Real, based on a supposedly True story. We'll get to those in a moment, but first let's introduce ourselves. I'm Rafer Guzman, movie critic for Newsday.
1: And I'm Kristen Meinzer, culture producer for The Takeaway, and this is Movie Date.
2: <laughs>
0: Well, let's start with the more traditional version of the afterlife first, with Heaven is for Real. Now, Kristen, this is the supposedly, I say supposedly because I'm skeptical, Mm. supposedly true story. I can't even tell. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know me so well. Uh, It's uh, based on a book, a nonfiction book by Pastor Todd Burpo. He's from Nebraska, Imperial Nebraska. Um, In uh, several years ago, his uh, very young son, four years old, uh, Colton, went in for emergency surgery for a burst appendix. He woke up from the surgery uh, successfully, alive, happy, healthy, with uh, reports that he had been to heaven. He had uh, met some people there, came back, told his father this, and his father at first seemed a little reluctant to believe him, but ultimately uh, began to believe Colton's story. Greg Kinnear plays Pastor Todd Burpo, and uh, a little boy named Connor Corum plays Colton. Here's a clip
2: you punch somebody, there must have been a good reason for it. They were making fun of Colton. They made fun of him sitting on Jesus' lap. Honey, you know you should have turned the other cheek, though, right? I did turn the other cheek when I hit him.
1: So, as we can see, not everybody in the community is on board with this heaven thing. People are making fun of him in the schoolyard. They're questioning the pastor, saying... Really pastor are you taking things this literally from the Bible right is heaven for real
0: is heaven for real so the the question the question here I guess is uh, a, a true story I, I sort of don't know what to make of that i don't know I don't know what to make of the uh, fact that that this is being given to me as a true story I guess because the proof that's being offered as F- that 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 this boy actually did go to heaven and come back seems so ridiculously slim <laughs> and so
1: so clearly it, let's it's, talk about some of the proof let's, let's talk just talk about, about some that. of the proof okay so you know how he knows heaven is for real Be- how because there
0: are angels singing well there are angels singing in and, heaven
1: and you know what else there is a bluish green-eyed jesus
0: yeah bluish green-eyed jesus now here's what i think is interesting uh one reason I think we're supposed to believe uh, little Colton is because when uh, uh, Todd Burpo picks, uh, sh- shows him a, a book and flips through a book with various portrayals of Jesus, uh, Colton doesn't just pick the first one. He goes through and goes through and says, mm, no, 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 that's not it. That's not it. And it's not until much later uh, when a, when another picture of Jesus is revealed to us that Colton says, yes, that's him. That's That's the Jesus I met. So this idea that he's picking Jesus out of a lineup to me <laughs> that he that he didn't just go for the first one and but so that somehow must show that yes indeed he did meet Jesus again i, I don't i sort of don't know where to begin
1: but he also knew that it, while he was under while he was in surgery yes. he knew that mommy was calling friends and praying Yes, okay, he knew no. that daddy was in a chapel yelling, yelling at god yelling
0: at god right so these were things that he quote unquote couldn't possibly know um, he also meets uh, Todd Burpo's great grandfather, whom he never met in real life. Um, again, picks him out of a lineup once, sh- once he's shown a photograph.
1: And he also knows that his parents miscarried before he was born; That's that they correct. were going to be parents to another child. And he meets that uh, fetus now girl
0: now kind of yeah nineish looking maybe a uh, year old girl. And uh, oh, and also um, one one other thing held up for proof is that. Uh, that he, he noticed the crucifixion wounds on Jesus's hands and feet. So therefore, he could not possibly be making this story up. I, I guess it just what, what, I, what baffles me about this story is how anyone could present this to me as proof. It seems to me like the dumbest person on the world would say, yes, but isn't it possible that you just told your son all this and also isn't it possible that you just made all this stuff out of whole cloth i I guess it just it just seems to be like i don't I don't know how watching this movie I guess I just kept feeling how how dumb do you really think I am how 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 low does my intelligence have to be for you for you to, to try to push this onto me as as logical proof of a fact but I mean here's my here's my other problem with the film. To, to look at it from a different perspective. Do you remember Oh God, the movie
1: Oh God? With um George Burns. With George Burns. I loved that when I was a little kid. I oh, have that to was say. so cute. When I was a little kid I wanted a motorcycle with a sidecar just so I could ride around with George Burns. <laughs> I forgot about I the love motorcycle. That. Good call. So cute. Good call. I forgot about
0: that. Oh, do you know, so you remember the story? John Denver plays a, a a mild-mannered grocery store manager, I think it is, and um, who sees God. He sees George, God in the form of George Burns, and, and no one else can see him, and it, he he has only his own experience to go on. This is a personal experience of God. Some people believe him. Most people don't, and it becomes a matter of faith. I I believe in this God, though I can't prove it. And without spoiling anything, if you haven't seen it, it's worth seeing. The ending in a courtroom still leaves the question very much up for grabs and it leaves religion to be a personal matter. And this film doesn't, it won't do that. It refuses to say to you that your religion is a personal, mysterious thing that belongs to you.
1: I don't think that's the film's intention. I think the film is supposed to be a proselytizing tool. I think it's supposed to be The first thought I had uh, while watching this movie was oh, this should have been direct to DVD. This should have been distributed to Sunday schools. This is for little kids to watch. Right. You know, this is the proof that the children can have a nice story on a rainy day that heaven exists. Right. It's so designed for small children i felt, while i was watching it it's I mean, not designed would, for grown-ups or anybody who has critical thinking skills you'd have to be questions. you would have to be a child to to believe the story yeah and and i'm talking a really young child i'm not talking a 12 or 14 year old i'm talking like little kid
0: i mean okay this was a best selling book that sold millions and millions of copies um and so i guess we can just say that these people were not that everyone who bought the the book was not a, like a like a, a diagnosable child. imbecile but i mean that and that Maybe they just saw their own experience reflected in it, and that they, that it sort of bolstered their own worldview but i just i just i just I felt really. I felt. I felt insulted as a as a skeptic, and I felt that if I was a religious person, I would have been insulted too. By the mm-hmm. way, by the way that it kind of robs robs religion of any kind of personal value. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Anyway,
1: I mean, I was mostly offended as a moviegoer because I thought that they should have made a better movie. That's all. Just make a good movie. If this was a good movie, I would have been fine with it. But I do think that. Some people out there who find it very comforting, a specific depiction of Christianity that's all white, that's all rural, all that's white. all heterosexual. there's like the one token Latino couple in the whole community. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right, and then that's but right that's just the right balance for a certain version of Christianity where you have like your one token minority couple in the whole community. and then if you love that and if you need the comfort of a heaven. This is is probably going to be comforting for you. So you say, what, bad date or how do you – But I'd still say it's an awful movie. (laughs) So so it's a bad date for me.
0: (laughs) I'm not not sure I can say it's really even like a good date or a bad date. I just think it's a dumb date. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, there you go. All right, so uh, let's move on to a slightly different version
1: of the afterlife. Kristen, take it away with Transcendence. Mm, Transcendence, starring Johnny Depp as an artificial intelligence expert. Now, we live in a time in this movie when there are these kind of anti-intelligence terrorists. Who, Neo-Luddite
0: terrorist groups.
1: Yeah, and, and and they feel threatened by the possibility that technology could take us over, much like in the 1960s we were scared that robots would take us over. That's right. And in this case, he and other artificial intelligence experts around the world are attacked by these terrorists. Several of them die. Johnny Depp uh, is poisoned by one of them. And before he dies, he agrees to have everything in his brain uploaded to a very sophisticated computer system, which he helped to develop so that he can live on through computers, through the Internet. And uh, his partner, both in life and in science, played by Rebecca Hall, is going to help make that happen. But things don't always go so well. Here's a scene from the movie.
2: Can you prove you're self aware? That's a difficult question, Dr. Tiger
1: can you prove that you are So the ideal situation is his brain is in a computer and he and Rebecca get to be in love forever and continue to make scientific breakthroughs but no he needs more power he no. needs more and more power oh no he is in every computer in the world no, that's what happens when you
0: when, when you get online it's the the the, the neo luddite group uh tries to prevent her from uh putting him on the line
2: <laughs> and uh
0: <laughs> As Vince Vaughn used to say <laughs> in the internship. So once he's on, once he's on the nets, he uh, he begins to take over everything. He ta- he's, he's, he's accessing financial markets. He's got uh, educational data. He can see traffic patterns. He can see everything.
1: He can spy on everybody through their phones, through their home computers, exactly. everything you're doing. And there is a point where he can even control the weather.
0: Well, he he actually <laughs> exists literally in the cloud. Right? So – it's interesting. So now, I ha- now, Kristen, what did you make of this film?
1: Now, I went into it, unlike you, Ray, for open-minded and ready for fun. I, re- I went in open-minded and ready go- for fun. You did not go in open-minded and ready for fun. I'm
0: always up for some fun.
1: Okay, well, I was up for more fun than you, apparently, hmm. because I see you rolling your eyes at me. <laughs> Don't pretend like the listeners can't hear you rolling your eyes right now. They can I'm not party. pretending. They can't. <laughs> I really thought this was a fun, ridiculous romp. I don't think it's supposed to be an uber serious movie. It brings up fun questions to examine, it brings up fun scenarios.
0: Like, how did it get made?
1: Oh, Rafer. That's one question. Rafer. That's a different podcast. This is, <laughs> <laughs> this is really, really ridiculous at points. And we'll give you name. that, Rafer. Like, when he's controlling the weather, I'm like, okay, this is. Maybe a, a step in logic too far. But... How about
0: when he's controlling people? He puts a little he puts a little chip in people's heads and then starts controlling them. I, I'm assuming via Bluetooth and controls all these people and makes a makes a superhuman strong.
1: They're almost like a robot army. Yeah, they're
0: a robot army.
1: Yes, and your problem with that is my problem
0: with that. Here's my problem with that. This whole movie, first of all. If I had to guess the screenwriter, first time screenwriter, if I had to guess I would say that guy is 90. This whole movie wow, seems to exist paper. in like in like a Cold War era. It seems to be it seems to have been written by someone who's like partly uh, like living in the Cold War and partly is like an IT guy from the 90s who's who's like using words like diagnostic and fragmented and upload. <laughs> and I mean, I it like Every time this movie gets some kind of idea that's supposed to sound authoritative or relevant or topical, it, it backfires so badly. The idea of the, neo, the neo-Luddite groups who have tattooed the word unplug on their wrists is idiotic. And but, awesome. And then oh, and that, that's not yes, enough. You can't even have yes. one neo-Luddite group. You have to have another one that has like a Marvel Comics acronym called RIFT. Revolutionary Independence from Technology. That is, awesome. I mean, oh awesome. my God. Yes. And then,
1: and then. And I you know these kinds of groups exist. Don't act like these kinds of groups don't exist. These in the world. don't exist. These, the, the.
0: Anonymous exists. WikiLeaks. The, these these kinds of groups exist, and right? And you think
1: those names are better than Rift? I'm just saying. Where where is this guy getting this
0: stuff? Every, every time the movie tries to draw from some headline, it either does it really obviously, like when like when Johnny Depp is poisoned with polonium, like like the Russians, like the Russian guy. Mm, yeah, then you That's know. A good way to it, do it. So it, it's, it's either it's either kind of forehead smackingly like Law and Order episode obvious. Or it's got some kind love of law and
1: order. So good.
0: I love law and order too, but I mean, they did it much better than this movie oh, does.
1: Really? Oh, really? But and
0: I be mean, or or it just goes into like some kind of. It, it just gets everything so wrong. My favorite line. My favorite line from the movie is when uh, Rebecca Hall and and Paul Bettany, who plays Max, uh, a friend of of the Johnny Depp character. Um, you know he's saying don't you know don't do this don't you know if you if anything goes wrong you never know what could happen then she says she's try, she's trying to manage johnny depp's brain on the on the computer and she says he's fragmented i'm going to run a diagnostic I
1: just thought, awesome. you
0: mean like your semantic software? And from then the... if you
1: were sitting next to me at that point, I would have put my hand up for a high five. <laughs> oh you weren't sitting next to me in this one. Is, there's you nothing know in this movie you that makes leave any sense. You just me hanging, I'd be up there for the high five. And you'd I be would like, leave
0: you so hanging. No, you wouldn't. Yes, You'd be I like, would. yes,
1: diagnostic.
0: Diagno- <laughs> I'm going to run a diagnostic. <laughs> it's incredible. It's, this oh, movie so fun. This movie is it's the so year's fun. first genuine Bomb! I guarantee you this thing is going to be a disaster. And I don't know how it happened. Johnny Depp, huge star. Rebecca Hall, Paul Bettany, Morgan Freeman, right? You know Big what? cast, Oscar-winning director Wally Pfister, who is the Oscar-winning cinematographer for uh, Inception, Christopher Nolan's Inception. Mm-hmm. Nolan is a producer on this film. You know, he, big, big Warner Brothers studio, big movie. I think this is going to be the, the year's first bona fide disaster.
1: I think it's going to be... A really, really fun ride for people who are willing to just go with it, you know? (laughs) Sometimes you just have to go with it. And sometimes I am so shocked by you, Rafer, that you can love movies like Fast and Furious 6 and yet have issues with this your Fa- logic issues of like the the fast the fast and furious at least those movies
0: obey their own logic within their goofy world this this movie this
1: has its own logic as well
0: does not have yes, anything it does. close to its logic it's own
1: logic which maybe you just can't follow
0: its own logic in which there's something called a source code cell it's like a it's like it's a okay, cell not, not in, everything a, in is- a molecule but it's but it's kind of a source code, and yet it can replicate and get into the atmosphere and then rain down on us and then come up out of the earth and steal your gun. If
1: you don't understand nanotechnology. <laughs> I, you do not – they're explaining this. It's just nanotechnology. And to, right use a,
0: and to use a term like input algorithm to explain it all is not going to wash.
1: Totally works for me. And, just and maybe use, it's just because I don't know how computers e symbol. work. Yeah, that's fine. I don't
0: You're okay with that.
1: Yeah, I'm totally fine with that. Come on,
0: come on. You've run a diagnostic (laughs) on a hard drive before. Give me a break. I can't believe this. He's fragmented. He's fragmented. My husband is fragmented. You're fragmenting
1: in front of me right now, Rafer. You're just falling apart, having a meltdown over this movie. I can't believe it. Why not just laugh and enjoy it? I'm going to bit it, Johnny Depp. Oh, man. Okay. It's inputting love into my heart. This This movie was a failure of a date. A failure of a date. This was a ridiculously fun date. So silly, so fun. Wow. I can't believe that. Just sit back and enjoy that dumb date. There's Enjoy it. Who? <laughs> I'm out. I'm done.
0: I'm exhausted.
1: Oh, so fun. So fun.
0: Oh, all right. Kristen, <laughs> I hardly know how to even segue into the next segment of this podcast. I think you have to do it.
1: All right. So last week, we were talking about Rio 2. And in this movie, some might say that it is promoting a message of eco-terrorism. That's right. That's right. Um, so Liberal,
0: lefty, tree-hugging. Liberalism.
1: So, Rafer was curious, we were both curious, about whether or not you, our listeners, have issues with children's movies or movies in general that try to push out a certain agenda. Um,
0: like, you- say, heaven is for real. <laughs>
1: oh, Rafer, you're wow. really on it today. You are so- <laughs> no more Sudafed for you, ever since you took that Sudafed. <laughs>
0: Maybe that's you're a
1: madman today. You're oh, a madman. That's Yeah, he took some Sudafed earlier, really, our listeners. So, do you guys see this as propaganda? Do you see this as no big whoop? We asked you. We got a lot of responses, and here's one of them.
2: Hi, Raven and Kristen. This is Dave in Bellevue, Washington. I was calling in response to your question about movie activism, and I think that it's pretty important in this day and age um, to uh, disseminate good information in pop culture. There's a lot of parts of this country, which shall remain nameless, <coughs> Mississippi, um, that uh, don't get enough exposure to some ideas, and I think um, movies and TV are a good vehicle to uh, ingratiate people to cultures they're not familiar with, and I think um, some examples would be Nichelle uh, Nichols in Star Trek, the original series, who, the one was even thinking about not doing the show, uh, was encouraged by uh, Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr. to to do it, to show people what uh, the future could be like. Also, uh, Ellen DeGeneres. She has done great things for, uh, for the LGBT community. And on top of that, no one wants to watch a movie about like a big uh, corporate bigwig who takes advantage of people and you know to better his position and, uh, and succeeds.
0: That's
1: not really very fun. Thanks.
0: Oh, Dave, why rag on Mississippi? <laughs>
1: But, Dave, I think you have a lot of great points there. True. Thank you so much for calling in with your point of view. One of our written responses we got was from Diana Rose, and she says, are there any movies that don't try to impart a point of view about some big picture idea? Yeah. So, I agree. So, I agree.
0: That's 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 the thing.
1: But we love hearing from our listeners, and maybe, listeners, you can tell us how you feel about another topic, TV shows that are based on movies. As many of you probably know, FX this week launched a new TV series called Fargo based on the Coen Brothers movie from 1996. And here's a clip of the new show, Fargo.
2: You let a man beat you in front of his children? No, that's not... uh, This man slept with your wife, and you're worried about embarrassing him. Uh Not slept. No, they they didn't. uh, He said it was just... She has soft hands.
1: So, Kristen, what did you think of this? Well, I've only seen the first episode so far, and it has a lot of the elements of the original Fargo movie. You know, you have small-town people in Bemidji, Minnesota, a couple of cops, man and a woman, a salesman. This time instead of a used car salesman, he's an insurance salesman right. who's got a wife who nags him. You got a crazy guy from out of town who seems to be insanely violent. This time, instead of Steve Buscemi, you have Billy Bob Thornton. Mm, My heart. I love Billy Bob You love that Billy Bob. I just love Billy Bob. I want to wear a vial of your blood, Billy Bob. I love you. So you have a lot of the same stuff. You have kind of quirky humor. You have outrageous violence. You have small-town hominess. And um, it's simultaneously cute and violent and funny. A lot of the stuff that's in the original movie.
0: Now, I remember the original film one of the things that people liked and or loathed about it was the accents it's it's almost the main reason people still remember the movie it's almost it's almost the reason that that the film became such a hit but it was i think a lot of people also objected to it you are from minnesota how are the accents how, what do you make of everyone's accents they
1: sound just like in the movie they're so over the top and i
0: and you're not offended <laughs> You're not offended. You're not. You're not halted by that.
1: I wouldn't say I'm necessarily offended. I mean, it does make me roll my eyes because it's so ridiculous and so over the top. And I don't think I sound like that. And people always tell me I sound like Fargo, but I don't. I think I you don't
0: right.
1: sound like Fargo. <laughs> People tell me all the time I talk like Fargo. I think I just mentioned that last week in last week's podcast. I'm always, I'm always being told I talk like Fargo.
0: I don't think you have. I don't. I think you bear no relation to Francis McDormand.
1: Oh, thank you. But I love Francis McDormand. Oh, of now, course. As as, does, do, as do I. Who doesn't love Francis McDormand? But let's talk about other TV shows that are based on movies. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there have been so many. So Many. Clueless. right. Ferris Bueller. Oh, my God. Remember Buffy? And Bill and Ted? Bill and Ted? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, exactly. Oh, there have been so many. But yeah, Buffy is on the higher end, I think. Of course, of course. But Um, are there ones that you actually like the TV shows less or more than the movie?
0: I'm going to say I think, uh, and I think most of America is going to have to agree with me here, I think the best one has got to be MASH. And, you know, I I loved the MASH series as a kid. I, I did not even wind up seeing the original film, you know, a legendary film and very successful, critically acclaimed movie until I was um, much older. And it was a little jarring to me. Uh, You know, great director who I love, Robert Altman, obviously great cast, Donald Sutherland, Elliot Gould, Sally Kellerman, uh, Robert Duvall. And then, so here's the movie.
2: I wonder how a degenerated person like that could have reached a position of responsibility in the Army Medical Corps. He was drafted.
0: But the problem is that by then... I was, I was used to Alan Alda as Hawkeye Pierce. I was used to Loretta Swid as Hot Lips Houlihan. I was used to Charles Ogden Nash and all these other great character actors. And so I grew up on this.
2: Dear Dad, Hawkeye here. You said I sounded a bit callous about my job in my last letter. Well, let me see if I can put it another way. We work fast and we're not dainty because a, a lot of these kids who can stand two hours on the table just can't stand one second more. We try to play par surgery on this course. Par is a live patient.
0: And to me, I just think that the series is still, it's funnier, it's snappier. I think it has these great moments of drama and uh, romance. And uh, I just, I always loved the, sh- the show. I thought the writing was fantastic. I think it's got to be the best series made out of a movie.
1: I, I love it too. I love it too, but I'm going to also throw my hat in the ring in this one. Yes. I also think the odd couple TV show. Oh, it's fantastic I love that odd couple TV show but like you I didn't see the movie until much later so I really already had a relationship with the TV show and to me Jack Klugman and Tony Randall they're always going to be the odd couple even though Jack Lemmon and Walter Matthau are going to be for people who love the movie sure
2: kind of apples and oranges to me
1: yeah but you know we'll play a clip of the TV show
2: I think you've been fighting Well, I haven't been fighting. The guy who hit me was fighting. I was on the ground groaning. You were in a common street brawl? I was not in a street brawl. It was in a bar. Now, will you leave me alone? Don't I have a right to know?
1: And here's a clip from the
2: movie. I mean, you were angry. You felt like throwing a cup. Why didn't you throw it? Because I would still be angry and I would have a broken cup. Well, how do you know how you'd feel? Maybe you'd feel wonderful. Huh? Why do you have to control every single thought that comes into your head?
1: You're right. Apples and oranges. It's, it's Apples a tough, and oranges. To me, it's a tough call. <laughs> but there are also just horrible, horrible ones, as we mentioned. And I'm going to put at the top of my list. Do you have something on the top of your list, Rafer?
0: No, I think, it's just, I think you should go. I'm just going to
1: go for it. About a boy. It's not funny. It just feels overtly sexist. The timing is off. Maybe it'll come into its own after a few more episodes. But I couldn't make it through a full episode of this series. Wow. It is just awful. And you know I love the movie. I love yes, the movie. you're a huge, you're a huge about a boy fan, as am
0: I. I love that movie.
1: Oh, it's so great. You can watch it again and again. It's all that's, a little,
0: that's a little Nicholas Holt, isn't it?
1: Oh, I love him. Yeah, uh, oh, yeah. Also known as Jennifer Lawrence's boyfriend. Yeah, that's I right. Did, yeah, I did you not didn't know, know that? that? No. Oh, yeah. They're totally like that. I'm oh. I'm squeezing my fingers together right now for people who can't hear that. <laughs> Those are my fingers like that, <laughs> like that. They're totally like that. Uh, but listeners, feel free to weigh in on this. If you think there are TV series that are better than the movies they're based on, let us know. We'd love to hear which ones you love or hate or uh, whether or not you've seen Fargo and what you think of that.
0: All right. We're going to close out uh, with some trivia. Kristen, give us last week's trivia.
1: So last week, in honor of Mirrors, because we talked about the horror movie Oculus, we pointed out that several movies have pivotal moments that involve mirrors. And we played a clip of one of those movies and asked you to tell us what the movie was. Here is the
2: clip. These mirrors, it's difficult to tell. You are aiming at me, aren't you? I'm aiming at you, lover. Of course, killing you is killing myself.
1: And here is the right answer.
2: Hi, this is Denise from Fort Thomas. And I don't know about the rest of your movie date listeners, but I have seen this movie And the answer to this question is the lady from Shanghai. Thank you.
0: Yes. Whoa, Denise. Forcefully stated, Denise. (laughs) Denise from Fort Thomas. (laughs) uh, Good job. Uh, Okay, so here is this week's trivia, another chance to get it right. We've been talking about heaven. Obviously, uh, for obvious reasons, filmmakers love to address the topic of heaven. Gives you a good chance for some interesting visuals. Uh, We're going to play you a clip of one somewhat unusual representation of heaven in the movies. Here it is.
2: So, is this what you thought it would be? Thought what would be? Where am I? Is it hell? Actually, there is no hell. Although I hear Los Angeles is getting pretty close.
0: If you know that film, give us a call.
1: 5717-MOVIES. Or you can always visit us at facebook.com slash podcast.
2: And baby, you're all that I want. When you lie here in my arms. I'm finding it hard to be. And love is all that I need And I found it there in your heart It isn't too hard to see We're in heaven